This is the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. I'm Chris Lambert. And I'm Josh Havens. We're on a journey to learn what it means to live a lifestyle of discipleship. We're glad you're joining us today and hope that as you set aside this time for God, that He will help you grow today in the everyday moments of life. If you have kids, you remember what it was like when they took their first steps, said their first words, and all the other firsts in their life. These milestones usually represent joyful memories, and they're signs that your child is actually growing up. In this chapter, Brian talks about milestones, the curriculum he's developed to work with families as they provide a place for their children to grow spiritually. Brian Dietz is the marriage and family pastor at High Rock Covenant Church in Arlington, Massachusetts. He's been married to his wife, Heather, for 14 years, and they have three kids, Abby, age 12, Lydia, age 10, and Caleb, age 7. Date nights and family nights are a favorite part of Brian's week, and he loves encouraging others through the highs and lows of their own marital and family intimacy. In 2011, Brian started developing a curriculum called Milestones, raising a Jesus-loving generation to help families in his congregation celebrate spiritual mile markers and prepare for the next season of discipleship. This curriculum has evolved over the years and continues to be one of Brian's biggest passions. It's tempting to think that milestones represent things that we should try to reach as quickly as possible. But I want you to keep in mind what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3. He said, I planted the seed, Apollo swatered it, but God made it grow. Our job as parents is to create a healthy environment for our kids to grow spiritually and to become the disciples of Jesus Christ that he's calling them to be. But we cannot force our kids to grow. It has to be done by the power of the Holy Spirit and by God doing the work in their lives to grow them into the people that he's created them to be. How do the how do these tones relate to the milestones? Cuz now we've kind of talked about both of them. Do they do they overlap or are they different uh structures? Yeah, so this is like still in process, really. But what we've realized is we do these milestone seminars and or experiences and or celebrations depending on what they are at any given point. There's 11 of those milestones, and that's a curriculum we've had for about eight years. Over time, we've realized, hey, those are great. Parents seem to really appreciate them. And of course, like anybody, you know, you come to a seminar and you kind of get a few takeaways, but then you kind of get busy and you forget some things and you need some review and some reminders. And how do we, you know, the stuff we teach, the blessing in preschool, we teach about discipline practices in preschool. Well, those things still matter, like in 10th grade, a lot of them, right? Almost all of them, but they sort of lose track of them. So we started realizing we wanted to do something to review and reconnect and, you know, build that community, build that intentionality into the families and really set them up for a home run. So now what we do twice a year, we take our families away and we offer a winter family getaway and a summer family getaway. And during those times, we, you know, have lots of fun, all the typical things you would do at a camp or retreat kind of thing. But we bring back in the main tenets of the Milestones curriculum and try to infuse that in a way. And we package it a little differently, but it's really all the same stuff. And so this year, as we've been growing this and building this, our theme was home tones and really feeling like that's more than just a a weekend theme. That's actually probably a good concept for repackaging in a way. And that's sort of what I'm working on now is taking the Milestone 
pieces and making them more accessible. And so currently it's, it's just a web page in our website that we're trying to build out that takes the, the materials and the concepts but puts them in another little more accessible way so you don't have to go in like, which milestone was that that I learned about those Bibles or found that good resource or that practice and kind of putting them in. So I think the home tone concept is, is a theme that we're trying to build out to, to build off of. And it rhymes with milestones, home tones, milestones, <laughs> like we just love it. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Anyways, that just happened. But yeah, we uh, thought that would be a helpful concept to build out. And so that's what we're sort of trying to take the milestones and just make it more and more accessible and review it and remind people. But it was in a milestone seminar that I first talked about home tones and that seemed to resonate with people. And so we're just kind of expanding on that. Yeah, it seems like the milestones might be more of the what and the home tones can really implement the how of it and how you walk it out in daily life. So um, that's very helpful. Uh, real quick, can we just walk through the uh, the milestones? You don't We don't have to go into a detailed uh, explanation of each of them because I, I think we should just go ahead and uh, tell people where they can go on, on the website. And we will, of course, have a link to it in the show notes for other people to get in there and, and dig around and look because you have some great material. You have some great material in there. But um, can we just walk through those real quick so that people are familiar? Yep, sure. So we start out with baptism or dedication. Our church will do either. So it's that first initial. Here we go. We call that the call. And we just talk about parenting is more than getting your kids to love you or making the kids think you look good. It's really a call. And God calls us to pass on our faith to the next generation. And so you're entering into that. So we talk about their spiritual lives, their marriages. We give them those date night questions, encourage them to keep you know, their kids third, all that stuff. Then the blessing, which we just talked about, that's the next one as you're entering preschool. And the other side of the blessing is the disciple. So everybody's like, yes, I want to love my kids and bless them, but they are like, not blessable sometimes, it feels like. So what do we do? So we call it the disciple because at the root of discipline is really discipling. And we don't want to just behavior manage. We want to change hearts. And so figuring out ways, and we give a lot of different, we call it a, a palette to, to paint a masterpiece of different ways you can approach discipline issues. And so that's the disciple. Following that in kindergarten, there's the calendar. People get crazy busy, and by the time they're in youth group, I always found like, I don't know what to do. They're just so entrenched in these things, and they feel almost enslaved to all these activities. So let's talk about it when they enter in kindergarten. Now you're going to get bombarded with many, many activities in school and blah, blah, blah. How do we put the big rock first and prioritize your faith? That's when we talk about those different times of the day that you can infuse faith into the life of your kids. And then we have an online um, explanation of the Lord's Supper, and it's just something anytime your kid's ready. You feel like it's time, and we let, leave that up to parents to decide when their kid's ready to take communion. Here's a video just explaining the theology behind it and try to make it a, a fun thing. First shot at it, I think it's okay. It's like a C plus right now, but at least it gets the content out. It gives parents something to work with. We'll keep building that out, but that was one of the newest ones. And then we have the Bible, typical concept around second grade. We give out Bibles, but we back that up two months before we give them a Bible, and we create this thing called the Bible Challenge. And they can go ahead and uh, memorize verses. And it's sort of an Awana-ish thing. Memorize verses, read a shorter version of the story that kind of gives a narrative view of the scriptures. And uh, make it just a fun experience as they're preparing to get the Bible. So they do that with their parents. That's the first one that parents and kids do together. And then we can enter into the teenage years. They're preparing for it in fourth and fifth grade. So we talk about friendships and relationships. 
just on not a, a platonic level. And that's the preparation. The church is you've now entered middle school. You are, we want to name, like we want you to receive yourself. Like you're not just tagging along with your parents. Like we want you to be the next year, the church now. And we're going to start inviting you to serve and use your gifts and understand what the church service is all about. And then that's followed by the story, which is our confirmation baptism class, followed by the partnership, which we encourage kids to become members before they leave high school. So the story's in ninth grade, the partnership's 10th grade. Then the calling is an internship, and we invite our high school kids to intern with us for the summer. And we have a pretty robust discipleship program where they go around and they lead VBS in various churches. They do a variety of ministry things, and then we do some pretty deep theological training and practical, relational, emotionally healthy skills and all that sort of stuff. So that's Milestones in a quick overview. And that's sort of our journey. And I have a bunch more I'd like to infuse in there. There's a few. I'd like to do something on money. I'd like to do something on sexuality. And we'll get there. It's just been a slow process over the years. And I love that it's still in process in your you're admitting that you're willing to learn and that you're not done. It's, it's, it's constantly evolving as, as you grow as a minister, and I'm sure as you and your team learn more and more. So I, I love that approach. Uh, so transitioning here, I want to be sensitive to your time. Do you guys do any work with um, children moving into adulthood past high school area? Because one of the things I've observed well, number one, in my own relationships with my parents, and then I, I've seen it more and more as obviously all of my friends are, are now entering adulthood, and, and the relationship dynamics shift between parents and adult children. And that's another area that I, I feel that the church hasn't done, or we haven't done a good enough job talking about what that relationship lo- should look like. Because when you're young, it's sort of like, okay, Mommy and daddy make the rules, you follow them. We set the culture and the tone, you know, this is who we are. But then once kids grow up, especially after they get to college, they have some freedom under their belt, they start to think independently, and then they, you know, really start encountering that, like, mom and dad are just wrong. Like, they have no idea. I mean, there is some of that when you you hit high school, but not until you get out from underneath their roof, I think, that your wings really spread and, and you can really uh, begin to explore your own freedom that those dynamics really shift. The relationship has to shift there. Um, do you guys do any work or have you given it any thought as to, to how we continue on with healthy relationships into that part of our uh, child-parent relationships? Are we giving it thought? Yes. Do I feel like we have solutions or plans? Like, you know, the Milestones curriculum does unfortunately end at age 18. And now, do we need more? Uh-huh. And do I have the desire to continue? Yes. A friend of mine just came out with a book, and I think it's huge, called Growing With, and it is designed to to look at the 18 plus, kind of what's that demographic. And sociologists have noted, and developmental psychologists, like the brain development even, it just, we, adolescence is no longer that nice little neat 13 to 17 range. Adolescence continues on, even the brain development kind of wraps up around 25, 26, they're saying. So, that's just a whole nother, like, now we have early, middle, and late adolescence. So it's no longer just like adolescence, boom. So understanding kind of what that late adolescence season looks like, it's, it's really interesting because there's so many socioeconomic dynamics that make it harder to get out on your own, and college loans are through the roof, so they're sometimes they're living at home, all those dynamics. So 
The main thing I can say is it is an area that I think the church needs to address. We do have a young adult ministry, and we have people thinking that through. We're also, as a church, just really wanting to look into now Gen Z. That's the next upcoming generation, and millennials have gotten all the attention for a while now. But Gen Z is the future of the church, and so understanding kind of what their particulars are and knowing how they're interacting, they've been brought up in this internet-saturated culture, and that, among many other things, just makes them pretty distinct. Tons of social justice desires there. So we're looking at all that. I wouldn't say we have the full, like, plan in place, uh, but feel like that is a big area that we want to address next and navigate with parents. We're actually such a young church that we haven't had a time. I mean, we're just kind of now getting a critical mass in that demographic that we need to start thinking that through better. But I wouldn't say we would be the experts because we're just entering into that stage of our growth. We're, we're, just, we're growing up into that age too, almost. That's about the age of our church. We're about 20. So, Awesome. And I think, uh, I think from the things that we've already talked about, if we are creating sort of this cross-generational environment where parents and kids are growing as disciples together and creating these, these rhythms and these home tones and, and hitting these milestones appropriately, that hopefully some of the that the friction during these transitions will be lessened. I mean, obviously it'll still be there and I, you know, it's necessary in a lot of ways, right? It's just part of the growth uh, process. Um, But also to come back in a way that doesn't take until you're 40 or 50 years old to sort of reunite with your parents and sort of, you know, okay, I, I see where, you know, you were coming from. And anyway, I've seen a lot of that sort of stuff happening. And so I'm wanting to, thinking about my own relationships with, with, uh, with my dad and, and others that I know, um, sort of ease that tension, I guess. So that's cool though. I, I do think it is an area we need to continue to think about. I want to challenge you to go and check out Brian's curriculum milestones. You can find a link in the show notes and there you'll find a description of all 11 milestones and some resources to go along with each one of them. As Brian said several times so far in our conversation, there's really no one-size-fits-all approach to raising up healthy, spiritually mature disciples. And while these 11 milestones represent some of the major developmental tasks that each one of us has as disciples of Jesus Christ, realize that each one of us may approach those milestones just a little bit differently. To go back to what Brian said in the first chapter of this conversation, our goal should be to intentionally create an environment for spiritual formation. And when we do that, we end up raising a Jesus-loving generation. Thanks for listening to the Daily Growth Discipleship Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening at Daily Growth, go to dailygrowthdiscipleship.com and subscribe for free. Or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Spotify.